Hello and welcome to this special edition of Frampton's Furlong. We are back uh, with this week's Royal Ascot preview. We are going to be doing a bite-sized pod every day, which is going to be about 10 to 15 minutes. And we're going to run through the card for the next day. So this first pod we are recording on Monday afternoon. And it is for the Tuesday card of 2022 Royal Ascot. And I'm pleased to say I'm joined by our regular horse racing correspondent, Rob Basham. Hello, Rob. Hello, Dan. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Thanks. I'm pleased that we're back podding and we're going to tip some winners this week. I hope. Absolutely. Um, Second best week of the year for horse racing. It certainly is. And if you're a flat aficionado such as myself, you might even say the best week of the year, but... Let's not start that debate. Uh, we've got five full days of Royal Ascot ahead of us. We've got seven races a day and we're going to have a whistle-stop tour of Tuesday's cars. So, Rob, where do we start? What is the first day, race of the Royal Meeting? The first race, uh, Queen Anne, Group 1, one mile, four-year-olds and above. Um, yeah, one of the biggest races of the week. And it looks like we have a very, very hot favourite in Baid. Um yeah, Baye's yeah. gonna he's gonna win effectively. Yeah, he's unbeaten. Uh, absolutely smashed the lock in the other day, didn't he? Um, yeah, he's, he's he's one to four. I mean, and for our non uh, horse racing odds people, that is very short because you'd have to put four pounds on to get one back. And yeah, I mean, he's just gonna win. He's up against the same sort of horses. He's been he raced in the Lockinge. He put them all to bed in the Lockinge and. I'd be shocked to see him lose. There's no such thing as a certainty in racing, but four to one on would certainly signify the chances he has in that race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you, are you going to back him? You're going to have a. I'm sort of... definitely not going to be backing Bay. There's no value in it at all for me. No. But I do have one bet in the race, chinned it. Um, so unfortunately, there's only seven horses lining up, which makes it each way just first two places. But mm. chinned it's 25 to one. And he always runs an honest race and he's always there or thereabouts um, in the mix with, with these uh, with these other horses. So, so I feel like I, I would, he's a good sort of each way bet. I would normally say seven furlong horse won't get a mile for me. Um, as well as he gets seven, I think he gets seven better than a mile. However, the ground, I would say, has come for him. I think he'll do quite well on the top of the ground. I think he'd be a good to firm tomorrow. Um, so I could see that avenue. I won't be backing Chinda each way. I've seen that. I've seen on the on on the apps you can do a betting without the first two in the market, which is real world, the Godolphin horse and Baid, and to win to beat everything else, obviously, which is four other horses. Um, lights on for Sir Michael Stout is four to one um, to effectively finish third behind the front two, um, and I think that is a very decent bet. He's thirty three to one as a main price. Uh, she is even. Um, she's an improving five-year-old stout mare. Um, she's got to improve to finish third in this race. But I think she had a very nice run last time. And I think she's probably a bit of value to beat everything else. But for me, this isn't something to get really stuck into. Um, Boyd's going to win. And we're really, we're mopping up some places effectively. Yeah, it's one to, be, um, one to watch and have a little dabble. Right, Rob, second race in the car. We have the Coventry for the six furlong race for two-year-olds. How do you see this one going? I'm gutted, Dan. I had a very big anti-post bet. Well, not very big, but big big for me because um, I tend not to bother with anti-post. But there's a horse called Noble Style. Um, there's a two-year-old Charlie Appleby Godolphin horse, horse that yeah. was bred by Chase Moore Farm. Oh, which yeah. Is where my mare lives and um, resides. And they absolutely loved this horse. 
and they sold it to Goldwyn for like 500k, I think. Um, and it won a very tasty novice at Ascot in May. Looked to be an absolute perfect Coventry horse, but I, I read this morning that returned some bad blood test result or something like that. So, so it's not lining up, which is a real shame because, um, yeah, it looked to be a, a nice prospect. And I think it was about five to one when I when I lumped on anti post. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's annoying. Yeah. So I was scouting the rest of the card last night, and I came up with Brad Bradzell. Okay. Um, he was eight to one. Um, won a novice at York last month by nine lengths, which, um, yeah, seemed very impressive. And then that horse was also franked by um, the fourth horse, Just Janet, who uh, who won a maiden last month. So um, the form looks good, comprehensive win, and relatively decent price in a what can be a bit of a lottery, the Coventry, because it's it's two-year-olds. Generally, they've only ever had one or two races. Um, and you're never quite sure what you're going to get. But, yeah, Bradzell seems to be a, a reasonable option for me. Yeah, but Archie Watson, I mean, one run, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's a really difficult one um, to predict. I think, obviously, the eye is taken by the two O'Brien horses near the top of the market, uh, Blackbeard and Age of Kings. But I'm fancy, I'm going to have a bet to oppose the Irish in this and actually back a horse at Richard Hammond's called Persian Force. Uh, very wide winner of the Brocklesby at Doncaster. Uh, won very nice over five furlongs there. Uh, ran in a pretty um, nothing novice race last time out in a three-runner race at Newbury. Easily um, easily winning that. But, I mean, there's not much to say about that race. There's nothing to it. Um, I really like this horse. Looks very impressive. Richard Hannon's spoken very highly of it. Uh, and it cost quite a lot when it was... Um, bought as a yearling 225,000 so a lot was expected of it and it's lived up to expectations so far um i've heard pretty good things about it the only thing i would say on over the irish horses if you want to look at the o'brien too blackbeard's the favorite three to one age of kings six to one i have no idea why age of kings is double the price of blackbeard for me there's cigarette paper between them i would say age of kings is great value compared to blackbeard moore's chosen blackbeard i liked the result of the Curra when he when he sort of went to the front and held on. Um, Age of Kings, though, 1.1 million Kingman yearling. Kingman loved top of the ground, absolutely glided over it. If it is good to firm tomorrow, which I think it will be, I think I think Age of Kings is going to run a big race. And the more the more I look at it, the more I'm actually thinking Age of Kings is overpriced at six to one. Persian Force is half that price. Um, I've already backed Persian Force but I might put the two of them in a forecast to try and turn over Blackbeard. And actually you get, what, 18 to 1 on the forecast, roughly. Um, so actually, Persian Fortune, Age of Kings, I quite like the look of that as a forecast. But I think Age of Kings is going to outrun his price, being out of Kingman. Nice, yeah. It's my Good summation, but I like both those horses. Basically, I don't think Blackbeard should be favourite, and we'll see what the market does tomorrow. Um, but at the moment, I can't see why Blackbeard's half the he's, price of he's got that group three win against his name which yeah I, stage in a two-year-old career is he only, almost he, sort of meaningless he only he only had one rival to beat that day um i actually blacked it that backed it that day at the cura he had uh the girl lions horse tough talk to beat and he beat at three and a half lengths but he had the run of the race from the front and the coventry's are completely different at royal ascot for me even though the cura you need to stay six i think ascot six furlongs at, at uh in the coventry He's going to need more than he showed at the cover. 
yeah, think there's... there's 16 horses lining up, so it's going to be a fast pace. And we've seen it's some... going to be chaos. <laughs> we've seen some big prices win this over the years, so you know it's not just the front of the market. But anyway, this is a bite-sized edition. Let's move on. King Stand, my favourite race of the week, and I think this is a vintage renewal of the King Stand. Um, Rob, tell us why. I would agree. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, King Stand for those that don't know is is five furlong group one so five furlongs the minimum distance so these are the out and out fastest horses in the world especially this year um and we've got some interesting international contenders so nature strip who's um spent its career in australia won basically every sprint race there is to win in australia um but never left australia uh, so over to over at royal ascot for its international debut and then you've also got golden pal Wesley Ward describes as the fastest horse he's ever sent to Royal Ascot, which is a bold claim given what he's done in the past. Um, I think the Lady Aurelia. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Which exactly, one? Yeah, yeah. he's got 12, 12 winners to his name. So, yes. yeah, it's a bold claim. Um, and actually, Golden Powell didn't, didn't do very well in its two previous um, UK outings. So, I think in the Nunthorpe last year and then... Um, one of the two-year-old Royal Ascot races the year before. So um, I, I actually fancy Golden Powell, but mainly just because of Wesley Ward's like um, de- description and how, how much he fancies it. But maybe I'm reading too much into there. But like further down the list, there's some other great sprinters. You've got Kings Lynn, you've got Winter Power, um, Arecibo. Lazio Life, Twilight Calls. I mean, it's a deep king stand um just my thoughts on the front two because i think this kind of revolves around the front two in the market this race um golden powell you're dead right is is running in england twice and lost twice um lost a a, 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 a two-year-old race um it would have been the coventry it would have been norfolk stakes sorry um and then the only other race he's lost was again in the uk when he came across as favorite for the nunthorpe and got turned over as you rightly said Wesley Ward is doing his usual um, talking it up before Ascot. He's the usual charm offensive, and he comes out with all, this is the best horse I've ever had. I don't believe a word of it. I do believe it's a good horse, but I can't see how it's better than Lady Aurelia, which won a Queen Mary by about 10 lengths, and then won a King Stand by three or four lengths, blazing from the front, but there we are. Um, If it is as good as Wesley Ward has made out, then he should win. For me, Nature Strip edges it, because Nature Strip's eight years old, is experienced, the worry for me is he's never run in the UK, so he's got to come a long way from Australia. Chris Waller's brought over his two star sprinters this week. Home Affairs runs on Saturday in the Diamond Jubilee or Platinum Jubilee. Uh, Nature Strip, the rumour is that if he wins well tomorrow in the King Stand, he goes to the Platinum Jubilee on Saturday as well. And the reason being, Chris Waller has flown over his great second jockey, which is um, Jamie Carr. Uh, female jockey, Australian female jockey, and she's purely flown over in case Nature Strip also runs on Saturday because James McDonald, who's riding Nature Strip tomorrow, will have to ride Home Affairs because he has to deal with Cornwall to ride Home Affairs. So he's purely flown a jockey over in case Nature Strip wins tomorrow and is going to try and do the double on Saturday. For me, that shows the confidence they have in this horse for tomorrow. Um, he's truly a legendary horse, and I think he probably will win tomorrow. I would have him over Golden Powell. I think Golden Powell set the fractions early doors and fly out the blocks and show that pace. 
for me it's quite a it's quite a testing five furlongs at Ascot. It's not like the five furlongs at Chester or somewhere where it's like a greyhound track. Um, it's a long straight at Ascot and it's a wide straight. And I think it's going to be quick. Good to firm's probably going to play to Golden Powell's strengths because it's all going to be speed. And I don't know if they're going to be able to catch him once he gets away. But Nature Strip's pretty handy too. And I, I think they'll Nature Strip's have a close watch from Golden Powell. So I see the race Golden Powell going to the front and Nature Strip in the last half furlong nabbing him back. But I wouldn't rule out a cut. As you said, it's a deep race. Kings Lynn for me is one of my favourite horses in training. I think it's a brilliant horse. He ran in the Kingstand last year and can finish fourth and he could have finished much closer, but he, he didn't get any room on the rail. And then he ran and he was unlucky in the Wokingham uh, in, the, in the handicap on the Saturday where he got, again, didn't, wasn't the best rider in the world. He didn't get the room and, and, um, and the David Evans horse won uh, 8-1 that day. I think Kings Lynn might be a good each way angle. However, for win purposes, for me, the Australian horse Nature Strip is going to take a lot of beating. Yeah, so I'd orig- when I was looking at this last night, I originally picked out Golden Powell, but I think your um, analysis and what I read this morning has convinced me to switch to Nature Strip. So um, Golden Powell, being a US horse, is used to running round a bend in a in a sprint race, and it's a front runner. And once you once you're in front on the bend, you tend to be difficult to catch. Whereas Nature Strip in Australia, there's more. Um, variation in sort of track mm-hmm. layout, and so there's a long straight at Flemington, suited. even on the sprint track. Exactly, yeah. So probably more suited to a, a straight five furlong race, um, and that might explain why Golden Powell's flopped slightly. On and the, interesting, in the I did my analysis for this three hours ago, and they were pretty much both three to one. Nature Strip might have been. 11-4, Golden Pal 3-1, but they were pretty much the same. Best prices now, Nature Strip 9-4, Golden Pal 7-2. So in the last three hours, there's definitely been a move for the Australian horse on mm-hmm. the odds, yeah. which has got to be, which is very interesting. Uh, when I wrote the blog, which was about an hour ago, Nature Strip was 5-2, Golden Pal 3-1. So even since then, um, there's been another move for the Australian horse. Very interesting market, I would suggest at the moment, between those two. Um, I think people might be seeing through Wesley Ward's bluff, I would suggest. However, Golden Powell is very talented and I wouldn't write him off by any stretch of the imagination. But I think the Australian horse is probably underrated because we don't get Australian horses at Royal Alaska too often. Right. Good analysis. I enjoyed that. Kingstown, great race. Next race, St. James's Palace. Is this a slam dunk for Caribus? It's looking like it, isn't it? I mean, another odds on um, favourite. Yeah. The Guineas winner has just been sort of laid out and targeted at this rather than trying to mess around with the other guineas. Um, yeah. I think, I, mean, I think Caribus, the only thing that I could think of earlier when I did my analysis to say why he wasn't going to win was the fact he's never been round a round mile. He'd only ever been the straight mile at Newmarket. So he's only ever raced at Newmarket. Ascot's different from Newmarket. It's a flatter track. Uh, and round the turn, he's never done, he's gone, never gone round a bend in his life. So that was the only reason I could see why he might not win. <laughs> if it was on a straight mile at Newmarket, I'd say it was a slam dunk. But that's the only reason. And the only reason, and I, he's four to five best price at the moment. It's a bit short for me. I've actually opposed him. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to talk you into a hundred to one shot. Well, sixty six to one now drifted to a hundred to one. I'm going to talk you into a hundred to one shot, Robert. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Check and challenge for William Knight is 100 to 1 in this race. And you're going to go, well, he's the lowest rated horse in the race. Why is he even there? His owner probably fancies a day out. 
all, all, all things that I take on board. However, at the moment, you can get an extra places with certain firms. You could probably get four places at the moment, if not five, if you shop around. 100 to 1 chance. Won on his first start very easily. Then went to a Newcastle listed race on Good Friday. Ideal weather. Burrington. In the Burrington, indeed. And he won that very nicely. Now, I've watched that race back, Rob, and he was pretty much on the bridle kept nice and quiet at the back of the field and drifted through like a butterfly, barely coming off the bridle. I don't think he even got a tap behind. I think he only got a tap down the neck uh, and was won it very, very nicely. He went and obviously isn't that well thought of as, as pedigree-wise. However, then went to the Guineas, finished way down the Guineas field, so sort of got found out on his quality. And this is a group one, so the the the, the it would automatically tell you he's not good enough for this race. However... This is not the Guineas, and this is not the same depth as the Guineas. You've got Caribus, but you haven't got Native Trail. You haven't got the Irish. You haven't got Luxembourg. You've just got a list of horses that are all pretty decent group horses. Check and Challenge, for me, is a group horse. And the fact he's 100 to 1, if you could get four or five places, I think that is a huge each-way price. And I think he might just upset a few, and I think he's definitely going to outrun 100 to 1. Nice. Okay, I like that. Like, but like he might come last, but obviously that's an each-way saver. I'm not going to get stuck into Caribus, even though I think Caribus will take all the beating in front of the market. Right, I'm, Rob. I'm surprised Rob. you haven't looked at any of the hackish horses in this. Oh, I know. You know I love the market. I know, and he's in brilliant form, and they're in second and third in the market. Um, just to have a quick, just to have a very quick look at that, because our bite size, as ever, our bite size time is uh, going. But uh, my Prospero very good horse beat reach of the moon last time in the heron um john gosden says reach of the moon wasn't 100 percent that day but very nice bit of form and you would think he will improve again for that he's only had three starts and mal june won the german guineas last time and i think jockey booking suggests that mike prospero is definitely second uh it's definitely first choice and mal june second choice for william haggis However, Maljun is 14 to 1, which seems a huge price, really, for a horse. Yeah. That's third favourite in this. Uh, for, and it's got, what, 13 runners, I think? So, yeah, I mean, the German Guineas isn't isn't quite the level of the English Guineas, but it's still a decent enough race. And well, you actually, know, the German, in front German, of you, can't you? So. German Guineas winners uh, are very good horses, Rob, aren't they? Yeah, so indeed. indeed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, uh, Rob's horse won the German. 1,000 Guineas, of course. And, uh, yeah, so... I, I think a lot to be said for Maljum. If I was going to have a match bet between the two, I think Maljum might just run my Prospero um, close. However, I know what you mean. I, you know, if there was one William Haggis horse, but I think that both of them are going to be evenly matched. Uh, and I'd rather look elsewhere for each way value, to be honest. I think Caribus okay. is going to win. And I think the other two, my Prospero is too short for an each way price. And I think Maljum's a decent each way price, but I think I'll take the massive price on the William Knight horse and take my chances. You on Caribus? Uh, I'm on Mal June. Are you going to go Mal June? Nice. Yeah, German Guineas winner. I'll be also putting some money on Check and Challenge after your... Um... Well, he might come nowhere, but I just think at the prices, uh, he. I thought I thought that Burridan result was really nice. I thought it was a really good performance. And there was a lot There was a lot to be said. There was a lot to be said for that um, Burridan. And that's a good race normally. There's a few good types in it, so... I think that's yeah. a lot to be said for that. Right, let's crack on because we are we're running out of time. But Ascot Stakes, where do you where do you see it? So my route into this race is you've got all of the jump horses coming in. So you've got a few Mullins horses, Gordon Elliott horses, and whatever. But as you mentioned before, the ground's going to be good to firm tomorrow, which to me does not suit a horse that's 
coming from the hurdles or whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've immediately put a line through all jumps trained horses and I've started looking at my favourite uh, trainer combination, Charlie and Mark Johnston, who are excellent in long handicaps and excellent when the ground is good firm. Uh, and they've they've got three, so Golden Flame, Tribal R, and the Max We Can. Um, for me, the pick of the three is Golden Flame at twenty to one. Um, so was second in a in a very hot two mile handicap at Haydock a few weeks ago. Led the whole way round. Um, looked looked you know absolutely flying, but was just pipped on the line. Um, but the fact he was just pipped on the line means the handicappers been relatively generous and only put him up two pounds so i fancy his chances to go again in this race so yeah nice. golden flame 20 to 1 each way for me in this one nice and i like the angle in with the firm ground and joe joe fanning's riding and we all know joe what he's going to do with the horse and he's going to take him to the front and then say catch me if you can my worry would be it's two and a half miles i think it's a long old way for these some of these flat horses, and that's why usually the jumps horses go well. But I can see the bit on, I can see the, the point on the ground. Um, I didn't know really about this race. I think it revolves around top of the market. I think everyone jumps on the Willie Mullins Ryan more factor in the Ascot Stakes. Normally they do very very well. Mullins normally has one chucked in. Bang! Oh, bring on the night. Even uh, is rated ninety three. Came fourth in a very very hot Supreme at Cheltenham Festival. That's got to have an every chance of 93. And Pied Piper came third in a very good triumph in, in the festival, rated 96. Both horses have got to have a real chance. Um, Arcadian Sun, Sunrise, I thought, had a really good chance based on its fourth in the Chester Cup and had a very nice win at the Galway Festival last year as well. Um, but for me, I probably would side with the Willie Mullins. I'll probably, and that's a safer bet, at 92, the Willie Mullins bring on the night. But I'd like your 20 to 1 shot, the Mark Johnston horse. Uh, Rob, I'm just going to mention the last two races for completeness sake. We've got the Wolferton, which is a listed race over a mile two. Uh, I'm going to have a little little dabble at a bigger priced horse called uh, Aristia, Aristia, I think, uh, for Richard Hannon, 33 to 1. Uh, I really like, very unexposed. Won a lot York listed race last year. It's got to improve to win this, definitely. But he's going to love the firm ground. Um, and I think actually a mile two on firm ground. Uh, Ascot, I think, is a really nice, um, really nice race for him, um, and or, or her, I should say. Uh, and I think thirty-three to one is overpriced. And I had a little bet on Stole, Stole, Stowell, Stole in the last race, which is six to one for Frankie Dottori. Cleveland won a Chester Cup very nicely at five to two, but I think Stole going back into handicap company at six to one is overpriced. Right, oh. Bite-sized edition, and we are only just over 20 minutes, so we're going to trim that down for later in the week, I'm sure. Rob, any other thoughts for tomorrow? Or Just, I'm buzzing. I'm very excited to get stuck into uh, stuck into Royal Ascot again. Best best uh, day of the meeting for me, Tuesday. Three group ones, good handicaps. Yeah. And uh, we shall see. I mean, a lot of people are going to have the treble on the shorties tomorrow in Baid, Caribus, um or a double on those two, I should say. I was thinking there was another short price favourite, but I don't think there is. But I think a lot of people are going to double Caribus and Baid and have those sorts of trebles with Nature Strip, maybe, and who knows. But we shall see. But good luck to everyone punting out there, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of um, the preview of day two. Francis Furlong. Cheers, Rob. Cheers. Mm-hmm.